Have you ever wanted to connect with someone, but you stopped yourself? Excuses to Connect is a podcast about actively creating the conditions that make meaningful connections easier. In other words, you can make excuses to connect. Join me, Richard Lee Tai, as I have conversations with experts, friends, and strangers on their struggles and successes when it comes to human connections. As a listener, I hope that you can take these insights and find excuses to connect with more people. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life. Welcome to episode 46 of the Excuses to Connect podcast. Have you ever had a teacher that's made a profound impact on your life? I know I have. We spend so many years in school, and it's important that there's access to quality education so that students can succeed. My guest today is an advocate for education. Evelyn Shaw Corley is the founder of Thrive International Academy, an organization which provides learning outside of the traditional school setting. Having been a teacher herself, she's seen some of the flaws of the educational system, and she aims to create an environment where each student gets individual support so they can thrive. Evelyn is also the recipient of the Meta's 2022 Changemaker of the Year Award to recognize the amazing work that she's doing. This is Helping Students to Thrive Through Individualized Education with Evelyn Shaw Corley. Today, I'm joined by Evelyn Shaw Corley. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you, Richard? I'm doing great. It's nice to see you again. So wonderful to see you as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I'd like to start off with maybe a big question to frame our conversation. So if you had to condense your personal mission into a single sentence, what would it be and why? My mission would be to serve and serve big and to serve in a way that makes sense to your skill set and gifts and talents, to Mm -hmm. lean into what comes naturally to you Mm -hmm. And to not listen to what anybody else has to say, but to serve in a way that comes naturally. That would be my mission. Serve and serve big. Awesome. That's a great statement. And I'm sure it's going to pop up as we share, you share your different stories and we have our discussions. So uh, I connected with you through a mutual friend of ours, Isaac Mashman, because he had attended this meta conference and you were recognized as the 2022 meta change maker. So I'm just wondering if you could, well, congrats for that. (laughs) But I'm wondering if you could share with listeners, uh, I guess, how you felt when you got that uh, recognition and what you were recognized for. Thank you. So to be recognized as the 2022 Meta Changemaker is seriously and honestly the best night of my life. And I always let people know I was married in the afternoon, so I can say this, it was the best night of my life. And what it means to be a change maker is to really make a big difference and do something differently. And that's what I feel like I'm doing with my baby with Thrive International Academy. And the night of receiving the award, it was so overwhelming in the best possible way. And my life has not been the same since. It is connection after connection in the most beautiful way. 
And we are serving on a bigger and bolder scale than ever before in my school. So I'm super filled with gratitude and have this neat plaque from Meta of all businesses. And so I'm absolutely honored and just filled with gratitude. Awesome. It sounds like a very transformative night for you. And you mentioned your organization, Thrive International Academy. So I'm just wondering if you could share with listeners the story behind what that is. Definitely. So I'm a former public school teacher, you guys. I taught in public school for 12 years, predominantly in middle school, but I moved a lot. I moved a lot in my 20s and my 30s. And I taught in low-income school areas. I taught in wealthy school areas, so many different school areas. And a common denominator is that I did not feel like I fit in. Even though I can say I had some of the most amazing, spectacular experiences, and certainly there were some students in which I was their favorite teacher, and there's nothing that's ever going to diminish that, but I felt so broken. And that was something I can actually reach it right now. That was something that I wrote about in The Awakened Teacher. And if you're listening, I'm holding my book right now. I wrote about my experiences in the public school education system and how it is, in fact, a broken system and that it wasn't necessarily me that was so broken because I am beautifully and wonderfully made, as are you. And it's a system that I intend to change and it's a system that I intend to improve. So that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Touching on this piece about the school system, because I was going to become a teacher as well. And I did <laughs> notice that a lot of my friends and family members who are teachers expressed a lot of burnout, uh, yes. especially during the pandemic, but I'm sure it was happening beforehand as well. So oh, yeah. when you say you want to, I guess make changes or improve the system, what, what do you think is missing that you, you would want to improve? Well, the first thing I want to improve is the ratio between students and teachers. I think that it is disastrous to be perfectly honest, to have 30 plus students in a classroom with one or two teachers. You simply cannot connect on that one-to-one personalized attention level And that's the biggest issue that I have is that everybody is so magical as a human, deserving to be seen, deserving to be heard, deserving to be valued on a one-to-one scale. And that's what we do at Thrive is we have one teacher mentor and one student. And I truly think it's changing the face of education. Because when you are able to talk or laugh or dance and ask all of the questions that you need to ask and really deep dive into the story or the mathematics problems, um, I just have to express that it changes the lives of each and every one of our students. And that if I could do anything with the American public school system, I would change the ratio of the number of students and the number of teachers. And I think it's honestly businesses like mine that are able to make that change. Right. Definitely. I, yeah, I I can see how one teacher would have a lot on their plate trying to build a personal connection with all these students in their limited time during the day. And I remember 
I had some quite influential and impactful teachers in my life that the reason they're able to impact me is because I built up that personal connection and that they really believed and cared about me as an individual. I wasn't just a another number within their classroom. So I'm glad that Thrive International Academy has this very much individualized one-on-one focus for these students. So I'm just wondering if you could talk more about how that works. Like say there's someone's listening to this podcast, they're a parent, they might have kids, they, they want to get their children signed up for this. How does that look like? Definitely. So something that we do that's a little bit different is we are not automated. You are not, you know, entering and pressing a million buttons to reach us. There's no robot. There's no anything like that. We are live. We are humans. We have that special, we, that special holding space for you connection, if that makes sense. And when you come into the family, you simply go to workwiththrive.com and you can enter a contact form. And through there, we reach out to you with a phone call from either me or from the fabulous Sydney Morales. And we create a plan for you and your learner. We like to call it our bubble chart plan. And we look at your hobbies, your interests, your values, and we create in accordance to your hobbies, interests, and values, the map that makes the most sense for your learning experience. So if you are interested in robotics, we are going to incorporate that into your mathematics and science. If you are interested in philosophy, we're going to bring that and intersperse that into your language arts and humanities. So whatever lights your fire, we customize a plan for you, which I think is so advanced and so spectacular and so innovative because we all want to be valued as individuals, right? Like we all want to be seen. And what we do at Thrive International Academy is create individualized, customized plans for each and every learner. Wonderful. I'm going to ask another big question that I'd like to get your take on because One thing that comes to mind as you're sharing about the American school system, which shares similar issues with the Canadian school system as well, um, and what you're doing with Thrive, one topic that comes to mind is around accessibility and affordability, because in my mind, it's like um, people from a higher socioeconomic status has, I guess, more means to be able to enroll their children in all these extracurricular activities of sports, learning an instrument private tutoring, um, whereas people from lower economic, socioeconomic status, like there's so many more systemic barriers in place. So I'm just curious to get your take on this topic and if Thrive International Academy is doing anything in this area of like making sure it's accessible and affordable for people that want to access this type of service. Yes, a thousand times yes. Um, So one thing that we do is, well, actually on a personal level, I am building a nonprofit for that purpose to provide funding for students to go to the school that is appropriate for them and to receive the tutoring that makes sense for them. So that is a nonprofit that I'm building called the Beautiful Minds Foundation. 
for that very reason, for that accessibility for families who are lower income and for families who do have higher needs. And I am super passionate about the neurodiverse population, the population whose minds think a little bit differently. And I'm a neurodiverse woman and my mind just, you know, pops all around to so many thoughts all of the time. I think differently. I speak differently and, you know, consume the world around me a little bit differently than your average person. And so I am passionate about serving families who may not be able to afford the typical services that we offer. So I do work on that. And that is very, very important to me. And then I also want to throw in the importance of diversity. And I think it's important for students to see themselves in their teacher. And we have teachers across the globe. So we have teachers of every ethnicity, so many faiths, so many backgrounds. And we do matchmaking according to your belief system, according to who you want to see, who you want to learn from and what you're passionate about. And so I think that that is a model of the future because studies show that if you see yourself and your teacher, specifically with African-American students, African-American students perform better. I don't know the statistics. I don't know the numbers, but I know that there are more students that are in gifted programs when their teacher is an African-American teacher. And so I think that that is something that is so important to me that I think is often um, not addressed. And so that is something that is very important that we do take note of and that we do really focus on and thrive. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing about your experience of uh, being neurodiverse and also this element of diversity and seeing yourself in your teachers. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering out of, I mean, your personal experiences or through the many teachers you have as part of Thrive, if there's any success stories that stand out to you that you might want to share, I'm sure there might be lots of different examples, but um, yeah, something just to illustrate the, the impact that is being made. Definitely. So I'm going to tell two success stories, if that's okay. Um, One student that we have is traveling with his family. And he is a student who is obsessed with learning Hindi. And to have the opportunity to travel the world and learn from different adults throughout the world is huge. And that is so transformational. So that is one of my success stories that I'm super, super proud of. And then I also want to talk about another student who has dyslexia. And this is a student with a speech impediment, has dyslexia, has some struggles, admittedly. You know, there's just to be honest, has some struggles. And through the one-to-one model, because we do offer a homeschooling academy experience, through that one-to-one model, that student is experiencing curriculum and content on their grade level, on their ability level. And you can't do that in a class of 30. And so, and we do have 
um, a pricing plan for that particular student um, because we that is important to us as we touched on before. And so um, that's another huge success story is that this student is learning how to read in the form, in the time period that is appropriate to this student. And that was one of the experiences that I had in public schools was teaching an eighth grade classroom and having over half of my students reading on a second and third grade level as eighth graders. And some of those eighth graders were 15 years old and it's devastating. And that school was not safe. The bullying was disastrous, bullying of students, bullying of teachers. It was horrific. It was an absolutely horrific experience. And I did the very best that I could, but I was traumatized myself, even as a teacher in that particular school year. So to hop back to a story that is just amazing is the student that we have with dyslexia and with a speech impediment being able to learn the way that he learns. It's, oh, it just, I'm so grateful. Yeah, that's a wonderful sh- story to share just to illustrate that you're providing very individualized support to meet people where they're at. Um, you touched on this thing of uh, the school system being broken and having a horrific experience. Um, it's interesting because like as children we spend so much of our basically the first 16 I no I'm doing my math wrong first 12 13 years in school right like five days a week for 10 months nine ten months a year and it's interesting because it's so much about the school experience it's not just about academics but also the whole social aspect as well of um trying to find your own confidence make friends where do you fit in where do you belong um I'm wondering if you could touch on what your childhood experience was like going through school and how that informs the work you're doing today. Oh my goodness. I have to tell you, and I am very transparent about the struggles that I had growing up with bullying because it completely transformed who I am today. And as sad as it was to be a new student. I moved from Memphis, Tennessee to Peachtree City, Georgia. And in Memphis, Tennessee, my school system was very, very diverse. And everybody was coming from different parts of the world and different backgrounds. And I didn't, it just was, it was just the way that life was. I didn't think about any of that until I moved to Peachtree City starting in fifth grade. And that was a very, very predominantly white school system. And when I moved there, I felt like I didn't fit in yet again. That's a little bit of a theme in this podcast. But I was made fun of on such a horrific scale that I only had one or two friends that entire school year that would even really talk to me. I was screamed at through, you know, this very unkind young lady on a school bus. She would scream at me in the lunchroom and nothing was done. And it was so traumatic. It took going to a different school in sixth grade when we all went into middle school. And, you know, I was blessed and lucky enough to 
to make more friends when middle school came about and to kind of have different faces. But in that fifth grade school year, it was like I was poisonous or something. You know, people just didn't want anything to do with me. And I will never forget that. And so I don't, you know, yes, socialization. Yes. But, but to what end, what kind of socialization do we want for our kids? Do we want our children to feel threatened at young ages or at any age at all? No, we don't. We definitely do not. We want children to be nourished, children to be cherished, children in their formative years to know how beautiful they are. And socialization doesn't mean, it doesn't have to be so harsh. It doesn't have to be so hard. There's nothing wrong with being loving, being soft, being gentle, being, you know, knowing how to have backbone. I understand that, you know, and believing in yourself, but in these formative years, it's so important to be supported and there is nothing wrong with really, really honing in on the strengths of a student. I think that that is super important. And I, even though I went through such intense bullying, um, I just, it, it changed my life. I'm grateful for it, but I also wish it never happened. Mm -hmm. On this topic of bullying, I'm curious to get your opinion on what if anything, can be done about that. Because um, for you, you've described it as a very traumatic experience. And mm-hmm. other students, uh, myself included, <laughs> experience bullying as well. And it seems like there's this, this huge issue that's there. Um, but I don't know if there's an easy solution necessarily. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Definitely. And I'm going to bring it back to the ratio. I'm going to bring it back to the teacher student ratio to where I think that if every student has a mentor that they can talk to, I think that that makes a really huge difference. And I don't know that that can happen in the public school format or even in a lot of the traditional private schools. But having somebody that you can trust a thousand percent that sees you and hears you and values you, I think that is going to change the trajectory of students' lives. So I know it's a big vision. I know it's a big dream, but back to my mission, serve and serve big. And let's give these kids adults that they can count on and that they can rely upon. And a lot of school systems I see they will bring in mentors who come in and have lunch with students. I think that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful when they have days where dad can come in and visit or mom can come in and visit or a special someone can come in and visit. I think that's beautiful. And I'd like to see more of that. But I think the answer to bullying is ratios. And I think having more adults physically present, if you are going to have large groups of kids, And to not ignore it, to see it, don't look the other way. If something is happening, dive in and really get to the bottom of it because kids need to know that hurting each other is not okay. And, you know, you think about, look at the land of the internet today. There's, you know, adults that are arguing out of control 
not really taking the time to see the perspective of the other person. And it starts at home. And if not at home, someone in the school, someone as a mentor, teach compassion, teach humanity, teach being able to see the perspective of the other person. Because if you can see the perspective of someone else, then you have empathy for them. And if you have empathy for them, something beautiful happens and you can have a common mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I appreciate you dreaming big. I think that's yes. what's needed to, to have this vision of what can be. And I feel like you're already doing work in that area because I'm also a big advocate for, I think the terms like social, uh, social, not social, um, emotional intelligence. Um, yes. That's teach it, teach to, taught to kids at a younger age. Cause I think that's a large part of it. It's like, if people, if people are better able to regulate their own emotions and also express empathy and compassion for others. I think that would also mitigate a lot of these issues and Amen. bullying. I mean, bullying continues into adulthood as well. <laughs> it just plays out in different places and organizations and the internet and so on. So yeah. <laughs> it does. And so when you're growing up, you don't necessarily, if you're in a traditional public school, you can't choose who's in your class, right? But as an adult, you can choose who you surround yourself with. And that is something that I think is so important is to make decisions about people who are positive, about people who are going into directions in their lives that inspire you. And when you take the time to surround yourself with people who light you up, that is going to rub off on you. You know, we always hear people say that you act like the five closest people that you surround yourself with. And I think that that is so true. And I think emotional intelligence and self-awareness is going to play a role in changing lives. And again, empathy, again, compassion. We need to have that. And right now, and whenever this podcast comes out, there are always going to be these social issues in our countries and these social issues in the world. And if we can demonstrate compassion for other humans, then we're, then we're on to something. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you bring this up because yesterday I had a chance to attend a TEDx event in my city. And one of the speakers, she was talking about this aspect of appreciation appreciating how complex people are I think oftentimes we can reduce them reduce people to labels and then stereotype and generalize like this is what a republican is this is what a democrat is this is what a person of this race is and I think um, it's really reductionist and dehumanizing uh, where in this world now where I think it's very like highly, lots of things are very highly politicized and polarized, mm -hmm. but it's being able, as you said, to have compassion and empathy and understand from the other person's perspective and still have that human to human connection, even if you might disagree on particular beliefs. So I, oh, I, I agree. agree. I am saw a post that said, unfriend me if you think X, Y, and Z and it just broke my heart because I thought, 
wow, where is the understanding of people having different life experiences? And so that was something that really affected me because that was a student that I have known since that student was super young and they're an adult now. And I thought, oh my goodness, I did not teach you that, but it just really broke my heart. Yeah. I mean, I think it's much easier for us to connect with people who are similar to us. Um, but that can lead to being in an echo chamber where everyone just shares your same beliefs and there's sort of an us versus them. Obviously, I'm not perfect as well, but I do believe in this aspect of, as you said, understanding from people's, they have different lived experiences that are informing their current beliefs. And if I had grown up in a certain uh, environment or had experienced certain things, I would probably have the same beliefs as well. So um, and that is something that we've talked about before, Richard, which mm-hmm. is religion. And I come from a family that is Jewish on one side and Christian on another side. And I just think, what if I had grown up two generations back? What if I had grown up in this part of the world? What if I had grown up here? And, you know, I feel like that plays such a role in what you believe if you believe what your parents believe and what their parents believe. And because I grew up in a multi-faith family, it has shaped me into somebody who thinks about things differently, who doesn't necessarily think there is one correct answer. I think there are many, many, many correct answers. And I will tell people when they ask me about faith and when they ask me about politics, when they ask me about all of these things, I think it, I think that it comes down to what makes sense for you and the way that you connect with something higher and bigger and greater than you is correct. It is correct. And so it doesn't have to look like what it looks like for your neighbor. What it looks like for you is correct. And that is okay. And I think that's something that we need to recognize. Yeah, definitely. I, it ties back to this like very individualized approach, which I also agree with of there's people truth is subjective and everyone has their own personal truth that is correct and true to them. So that's nice. the way it. Um, I know you already touched on a strategy or tip of uh, like choosing who you surround yourself with and who are the top five people uh, who inspire and just align with the values you want to be in. But I'm wondering if you have any other tip or strategies you'd like to share with listeners on making meaningful connections. If there's like important principles you keep in mind or like some practical things that you'd want listeners to do. Definitely. And I think that this is so important. So I want you to push yourself. I want you to push yourself to do something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable every day. I want you to talk to that person on the bus or to talk to that person at the fast food restaurant or to talk to someone wherever you are and give them a compliment, give them a compliment, say something nice, say, I hope you're having an amazing day or nice day or whichever vocabulary word you want to use. But you will discover that when you take the time to talk to someone, whether it is simply a tiny something or a large something, people will start to share their stories with you. And it's something that is so beautiful. And often 
my husband will say, or friends of mine will say, everybody talks to you and everybody, you know, just tells you things. And in public, you know, people that I, that I don't know, yesterday, I went through the drive-thru, I went to Wendy's and I was pulling up and paying for my meal. And the woman there happened to tell me all about the customer prior and how they didn't pay the right amount of money. And she was stressing and she was like, I love your outfit. You're so great. You're so nice. And, um, and I said, well, why don't you run my card for a little bit more? And she was so appreciative. And it's just interesting because if you have that openness about you to where you say, I hope you're having a great day or how are you? How's your day going? You will be so surprised that people will open up and connect with you and it will change the air about you, I think is a wonderful way to express that. It will change the air around you and more and more people will feel comfortable to talk to you and will feel more comfortable to connect with you. But I know, and something that Richard and I have talked about is that initial going to college experience is something that we've talked about together or starting a new school or starting a new something and really pushing yourself outside of your shell a little bit whether it's just something very small with, I like your shoes. I like your earrings. How is your day today? Hi, anything like that. That would be my advice. Yeah, definitely. I have also experienced what you've shared of people are, people enjoy talking about themselves and most people are generally very friendly, Uh, but it does take someone, uh, taking that first step and initiative to start that conversation, whether it's like commenting on the weather, complimenting them, um, just saying hi, and you, you never right. know like, where it can take you. One thing I am curious about, uh, because I am fortunate to have guests from all around the world. I know you're from Athens, Georgia, if I remember correctly. I'm, I'm curious of what the culture is like there in terms of connecting with people. Do you find that most people are like, they'll just start conversation with strangers or do they keep to themselves? I'm just curious what the vibe is there. So it's interesting, actually. In Athens, Georgia, we have the University of Georgia, which is one of the largest universities in the States. And when you're in that university, you are in a bubble. You absolutely are. And there are lots of opportunities for connection when you were in the university. Then there's the culture of working for the university, which I do not, but the culture of working for the university and having that friendship. There's not a lot of traditional companies in Athens. So as far as people, I'm in my 40s. So as far as people in their 30s and 40s, there's not a lot of traditional businessmen and traditional businesswomen, which is okay, which is totally okay. So it takes me stepping out of my shell a little bit and going to the coffee shops. And I have been so blessed to become friends with other entrepreneurs because we work from home. And so I I set foot outside of my home to make those connections. And a lot of my connections are online. And I think that's a very 2022 thing is to have these connections all over the world. Some of my best friends that I talk to on a daily basis are not in Athens. 
And that's okay. We connect over the phone. We connect over FaceTime or over Zoom. And so I think I don't want to limit myself to Athens, Georgia, because I think I would be missing so much. So using the power of the internet, I think is huge. So Athens is to really dive into your question a little bit more. It's very artsy. Football is big here and the music scene is epic. So um, I love art. I love music. I appreciate football, but the art and music scene is what really means the most to me. Awesome. I will, I will let you know if I come down to Athens, Georgia, not Athens, Greece. (laughs) (laughs) We're the other one. We, you're the other it's funny because in Canada we have a London as well but that's right but London not London in the UK <laughs> right right I have been to London Canada before when I was a little girl uh also <laughs> I, I love all these just like a similarly named cities in the world that aren't actually where you expect them to be <laughs> but, yeah um that point about uh, the sort of hybrid world that we're in now, where I also agree, it's like, yes, it's nice to reconnect with people in person and go to in-person events and spaces, but also recognizing that technology, you're only a message or a Zoom call away from someone. And I think those connections can be very meaningful as well, because yeah, I've met all sorts of people online around the world, which I would consider good friends and then one day I will go see them in person maybe (laughs) so um for listeners that want to connect with you uh where would you like to direct them to two places Richard I would like for them to go to workwiththrive.com there's lots of contact forms on workwiththrive.com And I am a big meta person, a big Facebook person. And my name is Evelyn Shaw Corley, C-O-R-L-E-Y. And if you message me on Facebook, I will message you back. And I would love to connect with you that way. I think that that would be phenomenal. Awesome. Well, there's your excuse to connect listeners. You can (laughs) message Evelyn and say you listen to this podcast episode and just want to chat and say hello. So I'm sure she would love that. <laughs> I would, I would. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So we've touched on a lot of different topics today of your involvement with Meta and being recognized as the change maker and your story of starting Thrive International Academy and your experiences as a teacher and with bullying and being neurodiverse. I'm just curious, for listeners, if you had a final message or takeaway you'd like them to leave this episode with. I do. I want you to live fearlessly. I want you to be bold. I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. And being your best self means being honest with who you are and knowing that you matter. And if you are struggling with self-worth or self-confidence or thinking that you don't matter, quite frankly, that's not true. You are a miracle. You are a gift. And if you are here, you are here for a reason. And that's what I want you to know. Wonderful. (laughs) 
I feel like you'd be the be the best cheerleader for people. <laughs> You're always in people's <laughs> like uh, behind the scenes cheering them on. And I think this really uh, ties back to your mission statement at the beginning too, of serving others and serving big and serving in a way that's natural, encouraging other people to do the same. So yeah, it was wonderful to hear all your stories and hear your insights. And I'm sure it's very valuable for our listeners as well. So wanted to thank you again for your time with being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me, Richard. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember to check out the show notes of the episode where you can find a link to my website, excusestoconnect.com. There, you can check out the other initiatives that I'm working on. The intro and outro music were written by Megan Rennie. You can check out her Instagram and SoundCloud in the show notes. There are also links to leave a voice message, as I'd love to hear from listeners. You can leave a comment or ask a question that might be featured in a future episode. Lastly, there's a link to buy me a coffee. This is a website that supports content creators where you can donate some money on a one-time or monthly basis. If you love what I'm doing and want to support, you can buy me a metaphorical coffee. Finding excuses to connect is what I love to do, what I'm good at, and what I think the world needs more of. Consider sharing this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I hope you have a wonderful day and make some new connections. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life.